hats and stuff so I can like get them right. But yeah, I yeah, I totally, totally identify with the Italian gal. Yeah, totally. She's like, you know, gets anything. Yeah, you'll 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 find that. I love it. No, <laughs> That's I'm excited to find out. But she like gets anything done. And before I even saw the show, I was like, uh, oh, I had a kid that couldn't. His mom wouldn't sign off on a violin. Ryan. Oh, hey, handsome. Hey, love. How's it going, baby? Just, just got hooked up. About yeah. to talk Abbott Elementary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, buddy. Hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. 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 I think that one works too big, too, but... I think it works. I think it is a little big on you overall, but I don't think it's, like, unwearably too big. Yeah, I think I might get it tailored. Yeah, it's a fresh yeah, shirt. Might go. as well. It is a fresh-ass shirt. I do like the shirt quite a bit. Yeah. I bought two others. I'm just debating what I want to do. If I want to get those tailored, or if I want to... Oh, gosh. I fucking hate shopping. Me, too. Amen. I, 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 I tried to do it, and now here I am, like... Oh, you tried so hard, buddy. Yeah, we did pretty we good. Did, it didn't even matter. God, I'm so bad at clothes shopping, but I'm so good at the hardware store. Nice. I'm like, hell yeah. It didn't even matter, you know? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> oh, ha, there we go. Put my trust in, in you. Precious. I know every word without the song playing. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Hybrid Theory was one I listened to a lot as a youth. I just remember my brother blasting that song down the hallway for like all of my youth. And then yeah. listening to it every time people are like, this is a song I know too well. Like, oh yeah, that came out when I was like 14. I was oh, like perfect shit. target market, like, <laughs> yeah. market for that song. Angsty preteen to teenage boy, like, yep. All in on Linkin Park. Let's fucking go. the first instance of malfeasance by the commissioner of what we're seeing. At some point, some Chinese food's going to pull up and we're going to pause the recording and eat it. Josh Groban! He's eating his own sushi! That's the most baller thing I've ever seen! And, like, everyone doesn't look good naked all the time. <laughs> I love this cornbread so much, I want to take it behind a middle school and get it pregnant. Cool beans, man. I live by the quarry. We should hang out by the quarry and throw things down there. What you doing? Hey, girl. Where you going? Come on, our cats were just about to have sex. Ooh, shaking his fanny at us. <laughs> Meow. Mother, may I? Hey, what's up, world? Welcome to After the Laugh Track. We are getting down today. That's a silly start. That's a silly start. And take two. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to After the Laugh Track. I am sitting here with my dear pal, Martha. Hi. And, of course, I'm Derek Weber. And we're here to talk about sitcoms like we always do, but today we're talking about a currently running sitcom, not one that's long over that we cherish in our hearts forever and ever, but get to binge and repeat. 
this is some something new, something fresh. Only in the middle of season two currently, sweeping in the awards lately, being very well revered. This show is Abbott Elementary. And I love this show. So much. It's near and dear to my heart. Me too. As it's become it's definitely right there amongst anything out on television right now in terms of things I'm enjoying the most that are live running, that are new. Um, it's a wonderful cast. It's it's adorable storytelling. It's got some of the wholesomeness of a Parks and Rec, of a Ted Lasso, while still have still being some silly antics in a school. And uh, it's just it's just such a riot. But when did you jump into Abbott Elementary? I hopped on pretty quick. I think I don't. I did not get any binging really because I've been watching it right when it comes out the whole time, and it's like one of the very few shows where I've like looked up the start date and when am I going to see the next episode? I had no idea that ABC did these long running like seasons that then took breaks for holidays. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, and that one right before the. Big cliffhanger happened pretty recently there in mid-break of season two. Big cliffhanger for sure. But we're going to try our best to not be super spoilier about the show for people that maybe haven't caught all the way up or have been considering trying it out but haven't yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're here to more – we're going to talk about season one in a little bit more detail. And we're going to talk about the characters of the show and just the things we love about it as a whole. That way, you know, we might give away some plot points of – certain episodes of season one as we're going into them but we'll try our best to kind of refrain from any potential will they won't days that might be happening or <laughs> any uh deeper plot threads that we'd rather you find out about on your own organically by checking out the show we have that ongoing will they won't they though I'm, i can't help but talk about that there is a very cute will they won't they it's and my favorite. uh we, we will discuss the terms of it in season one, just because it doesn't get that far in season one. So we'll just, you know, we'll we'll paint through it a bit. Perfect. So let's start with the cast, because it's just, a, it's a really great ensemble, uh, created and led by Quinta Brunson, who plays Janine Teagues, a well-meaning, very enthusiastic, very chipper and kind and sweet, brand new teacher at an inner city school in Philadelphia where this is set called Abbott Elementary School. She's got she's our main protagonist that we follow around. This is made mockumentary style, much like The Office, Parks and Rec, shows of that nature. And they do indeed do some of the private the little confessionals, if you will, which, you know, some some could call it a easy storytelling device, but I think it helps paint a picture of characters well and usually when they're used in a funny way, I enjoy them. And this show uses them in a funny way pretty often. But t- tell, give me your first takes on Janine Teagues as a character, as oh, our main character. She's perfect. She is, So as many of you may know, I am a substitute teacher. And she is the exemplary fresh teacher. She has not been beaten down by administration and misbehaving kids. She is cute and she's sweet and she is ready to improve the school and world. Oh, yeah. She yeah. wants to fix it all up for sure. Oh, yeah. Yep. She is there to solve problems as they arise, which happens very readily because a Philly public school. Inner city school in Philly. That yep. is correct. And uh, this, show, this show does a really nice job of putting a spotlight on a societal problem without feeling preachy. You know what I mean? Like it, it paints the picture clearly that we underfund our teachers and our inner city schools and schools across the country in general. 
And it's heartwarming in the way that you see the way these teachers overcome those financial hurdles and obstacles, the way they inspire these kids. All those things are beautiful. And uh, yet it, it does a it does a solid job of shining that light on that this problem. I like that it's not preachy. It's not preachy. It's no. like delightfully comical and lighthearted, even though it's dealing with such a heavy situation. Like in reality, these kind of places are so heavy all the time. And it's extremely accurate in the sense that like these are all there's a lot of issues presented that are actually happening in public school underfunded public schools and some teachers don't want to watch it because it's too close to home some of us love it and but it's just it's not preachy it doesn't make you feel terrible it still makes me laugh it makes me smile i leave it like i love all of them the kids are great yeah yeah it's a it's it's quality stuff and her being She's got the optimism and the go-getter attitude of a Leslie Nope without, uh, while being very, like, sweet, innocent seeming. Yeah. All right. All right. Miss Janine Teagues. That's Janine Teagues, our heartwarming lead. (laughs) Next up, we have another character we meet right away. Gregory Eddy. Uh, So... This character is a quiet-seeming, pretty-to-himself character early on. Um, He reveals right away that his intentions... He went to school to become a school principal, essentially. Like, his focus in college was administration in this public school level. And he went out for the principal job at this school and thought he was about to get said job when he reveals that, for some strange reason... This other person got the job instead, which is Ava Coleman, who we'll talk about in a minute. We'll get to Ava here shortly, Principal Ava Coleman. But Gregory then takes a substitution position while uh, trying to figure out his next steps when he suddenly didn't get the job he thought he was in line to get. And that's where we pick up in the pilot, is uh, you get Gregory doesn't care much about teaching, leaves his classroom empty, doesn't decorate the walls, a little bit stern, doesn't really do the imagination thing that younger kids often require in their education process to at least some degree. But right away, just, uh, did you get an instant spark between those two? Oh my gosh, I just, I can't wait for it. The screen tests between these two had to have been... Just insane. Because, yeah, it's one of those pairings that you meet the two right away, and they're very much like Bob and Linda of Bob's and Burgers to me, where, like, he's the Bob, she's the Linda. But that type of couple just makes sense in my world. I I get that. They make me Uh, so glad. (laughs) Like Modern Family wisely said, which I've quoted on a couple different episodes of this podcast before, the dreamers should often, you'd think the dreamers would meet the dreamers and the realists would meet the realists, but often they meet each other instead. And uh, I think that that's for beautiful reason. I think that some people need to be propelled to be more imaginative, to be more adventurous, and some people need the opposite and need to be grounded and pulled down to reality sometimes who live in the clouds. And uh, so whenever I see sparks between two people like that, my heart gets warm. So warm. Opposites attract. And I have to imagine that uh, Quinta Brunson has seen the Billie Holiday movie, has seen Mr... Tyler James Williams play the saxophone with Billie Holiday. Like, oh my gosh. I had the hots going in. She had the must, hots right away. Yeah, that's how they had that instant chemistry. 
Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> it paints a picture. No, thank you for painting that picture. I oh, think yeah. It certainly helps for those oh. who that are not familiar with that music <laughs> and the seductive voodoo behind it. Mm, seductive voodoo. What you going to do? It's so good. <laughs> I, I wanted to say new band name, but I'm willing to bet there's a band called Seductive Voodoo out there. <sighs> Dibs. Yeah, if yeah, if, if it doesn't exist, then you and I are creating that band. Dibs for sure. That's gonna be so good. Cover cover all jazz classics. Ooh and yeah. Maybe some Harry Nielsen. Yeah, definitely. Also cover. Um, God, why am I blanking on Ron's uh, Duke Silver? Oh yeah. Like, I don't know how I just blanked on Duke Silver for yeah, a second. Cover. You... Get some Duke Silver covers in the cut. Yeah. That's a uh, seductive voodoo mm. one hundred and one. I gotta get practicing my trumpet some more. Get on the pracky. Yep. Get on the trumpy. Totally. Um, Gregory Eddy is just like such an exemplary substitute teacher. It's like that when you go in there and you're like, I don't know these fucking kids. I'm going to be here for a day. I don't know these teachers. Just getting paid. As long as you take attendance and no one gets hurt, you're doing a good job. If someone only gets a little hurt, still doing pretty good. Still doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It took a while for me to realize you can call the principal in to like remove kids. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so, so funny. Oh my gosh! I can't wait to get to the talk on the principal. Yeah, yeah, not you, say you too were much. you were tell, you were telling me as we were getting set up <laughs> yeah. that you had some relatable parallels to this show, and Dude. I was surprised to find out that the principal was one of them. So yeah. let's go ahead and bounce over to Ava. That's as good a time as any. We'll get more into Gregory as he comes up organically. Tell me about <laughs> Ava, and tell me about your real life parallels with Ava because I'm fascinated by this. That there's a real person that is anything like Ava. Oh yeah, well, um, the principal at the undisclosed location where I work literally sells clothes out of her office. Not to ruin anything, but it's not ruining anything. It's a fundamental part of her personality. She is hustling out of her office, which is a fun. Oh yeah, doing TikToks and podcasts out of the school. Oh yeah, and all sorts of shenanigans that are basically just anything but principaling the school, more or less. Yeah, totally. It's absolutely insane, and you see, it's just so accurate. It kills me. And then I was reading earlier that. Quinta Brunson, Janine Teagues, who started the show, her mom was a teacher for 40 years, so she clearly has lots of experience in this field. It's like, I just can't get over the fact that like half the teachers don't watch it because it's too close to home. I'm like, it's fun laughing about our lives, right? And they're just like, it's, it's too- not. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's certain um, restaurant and bar setting shows and movies that I just don't have an interest in watching because I'm just like, yeah, I've been in the bar industry for 18 years, basically. I don't really need to spend extra time thinking about bars and restaurants when I'm not in one. I'll think about other things instead, please. Yeah. if For me, it helps to call, like, come home and laugh about it. Sure. Yeah, that I, makes all kinds of sense. You grew up learning you can either laugh or cry, so... And I have kids being outrageous and administration and fellow teachers, even. It's nice to come home and laugh about it <laughs> you got to and man oh man does ava coleman make me laugh like whoa she's terrible oh she's the worst and it's, <laughs> a, it's, it's it's a great performance by her as the worst oh totally like, i never even thought about the fact that that's an actor like right yeah ugh, it's a so- it's a killer performance to just be utterly the fucking worst <laughs> like she's She's got a lot of the Michael Scott uh, tendencies in terms of just like being the obnoxious boss that everyone kind of rolls their eyes at and doesn't really respect very much. But in a very different type of abrasive, like a different type of abrasive than Michael Scott. Absolutely. Thoroughly incompetent. Make your job harder. But oh, and got the job by blackmailing a school board official. <gasps> I thought we were giving stuff away. Oh shoot! <laughs> <laughs> I say leave it in. Right. I say leave it in. It's so good. <laughs> got the job through scandal. 
Yes. Got the job through Wait, Scandal. How did Michael Scott get the job through Scandal? Oh, Michael Scott didn't. Just uh, just oh, Ava. I'm sorry. They're okay. not alike in that regard. That was okay. me That's painting her. more of the Ava picture. Oh, my God. She's so terrible. And it's, oh, my gosh. When the kids return from the principal's office with candy. That's a real thing that happens. Like. Okay, I'm just going to double check your form here. Ron, you redacted all the information. I answered some of them. Yeah. It's like. I, again, another thing you told me off mic was that you've you've also witnessed kids returning with candy from a principal's office, uh, and I was like, "What's the point then? What what's are we the motherfucking point?" Actually, we have popcorn in the office rather than candy. There's little bags of Skinny Pop. I'm always so jealous too. I'm like, "Wish I would get sent to the principal's office." Like, God. Yeah, hell yeah. Why am I trying my best? True story. What are we teaching them? Yeah. More, <laughs> more and more, quote, punishments, end quote, in society that just seem like rewards to, of bad behavior to me are forming in all areas, like in schools and capitalism, all sorts of places. Yeah. Without getting too preachy, I really do question that we are... We were just talking about how we love the show doesn't get preachy. <laughs> yeah, but we will, though. We will get so preachy. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I do fear that we are, like, raising a hostile generation with this whole not punishing kids and, like, not having there be consequences. This whole love and dandy and, you know, you don't yell or take away recess. I'm like, this is not helping. Yeah, there need to be boundaries and there need to be consequences for breaking boundaries. I understand some leniency and I understand special circumstances yeah. and there's you know there's exceptions to every fucking rule in the universe but yeah, yeah. kids can handle some punishment yeah it's okay yeah i'm a huge fan of so much in special education and i love working in it but like god i don't think consequences would you know be a bad thing in any way shape or form and you know your negative properties that means it would be a good thing screw me i want consequences screw you martha <laughs> such a bitch you're out of of this world it's unreasonable ever since having a dog i've just been calling myself another's bitch all the time he just doesn't understand that it's not suitable for to like call humans that and he's just rubbing off on me that victor he's bad bad news victor (laughs) you've heard about him on this pod before and he's every bit the bad boy we paint the picture of (laughs) but he's such a good boy he's such a good boy oh 10 out of 10 i had to change the conversation for a second because i could preach for hours (laughs) i like how your mental curveball was like oh just think about my dog for a minute and we're back to center now okay and 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 our next character is my favorite you want to introduce her? Ooh, I? Well, I'm, I'm so I don't. I'm trying to guess which one of the two is your favorite. There's, oh, there's two main female leads left that we haven't introduced. That is Barbara Howard and Melissa Schmetti. Sh- uh, Schmetti. Uh, I think it's her. Oh, that's my girl. That's your girl. I love her. I Tough identify. ass, hard ass. She's inner inner city Philly. She talks about how her relatives were union, but were were union boys. And uh, she's got relative. She's she knows people that'll steal shit for you. She knows people that can do mm. all the dirty mm-hmm. things you need done. Not supposed allegedly, to talk about it. Allegedly, no. yeah. Nice. No, she she would have never have her hands in such things. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you're right. I've you're, I've said too much. Watch again. <laughs> Watch out. You're gonna no, to- she she is a wonderfully hilarious character. <sighs> So, so for those of you who don't know who Lisa Ann Walters is, that is the nanny from Parent Trap. Oh, word. Yeah. I didn't even make that connection. That's oh, funny. 
And she's just amazing. She is this uh, Italian and clear mafia hiccups in Philly. And she just gets the job done. It's awesome. She, like, they need rugs in the school. It's such a real thing. That happens, like, every few years. The rugs get disgusting. We use them a lot. The kids are all up on them. And yeah, kids are gross. Yeah, kids are gross. Playground gets muddy. Rug gets muddy. And then having a dingy rug, it just, like, brings the whole classroom down. Oh, my God. That episode's so heavy. It happens early on. Watch the show, and you will know the rug episode, but I don't want to ruin it by saying she gets the fucking rugs. She gets the rugs. We won't yeah. tell you how. We won't give you the dirty details, because, well, frankly, I'm afraid she might come from my arm if I gave the details away. <laughs> we don't know them. We don't. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> but, yeah, it is... Yeah, she's truly fantastic. There is a time that... uh. I had a kid who was not able to get an instrument because their parents, like, they just had had a bunch of boys at this point. And we're just, like, so sick of paying for broken stuff that was t- borrowed from the school. So they'd only let them play the xylophone because uh, you could would only stay at school. It would never come home. So they didn't have to, like, sign anything. And he really wanted to play the violin. And then I managed to find him a violin, like... Oh, I know. Within a week, I was like, I just felt so much like her. Oh, that's heartwarming. (laughs) I know. I saw it like uh, shortly thereafter. I had just started the show and watching it. And they I was like, oh, my God, like that's my spirit animal. (laughs) She's amazing. She's a get shit done person who I love it, too, because keep in mind, there's a second grade teacher. We're talking. I think she's second grade. Yeah, she. Oh, she. Well, Mm-hmm. I won't spoil it. She's First second season. grade where we meet her. <laughs> um, and you see that tough side of her in the teacher's lounge and whenever she's dealing with any of the adults. And then they show occasional glimpses of her in teacher mode. And, oh, she's just the sweetest. She just loves those kids so fucking much. So fucking much. It's the only way you fucking do it, dude. I can't believe I'm getting my teaching certificate. Yeah, no, you have to love the shit out of those kids to get oh, into teaching because nothing love- else about it is worth it. The The hours are long and miserable. The pay is underwhelming. Everything else about it yeah. is just bullshit, frankly. But <laughs> she does. She loves the shit out of the kids. There's a really great episode at one point, which I won't give tremendous details about, but she reveals some parallels between a certain child in her classroom and herself as a youth and the things she learned about herself and her youth that help kids that have that same uh, roadblock academically. Oh, yeah. That just happened recently. This that, was a pretty recent yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, no, that was beautiful. This was actually one of the most touching things I've seen on the show. It really yeah. it really got me. It was a child who was, having, who was struggling with reading, basically. Yeah. And she does something really incredible to help with that child. Totally. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Yeah. I won't say which episode or when it happens. It just happens. Yeah, you got to tune in to find out. Mind your out. business. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so relatable. That's what it's all about. It's like, I feel like a lot of like the best teachers too had to like struggle to learn all of these things. So there's a lot of like connecting with students and those kind of difficult topics. I love it. Oh, the kids are so great. By the way, summer's off or a scam. You have to use them making supplementary income. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's always it's funny because that is always touted as like, well, they get three months off a year. It's like, no, ninety percent t- of them work the whole summer yeah. away doing some other shit, yeah. and or often have a side job where they work <laughs> at least a day or two a week during the entire school year as well. Yeah, like. I have a dear friend of mine who I'll leave their name out of this, who left education after a handful of years and is currently bartending again because they're able to make better money and work substantially less hours as a bartender 
than they were able to in education. And they, they reached a point of burnout that I honestly can't blame them for in the slightest. Yeah. And left the field. And tragically, that's happening all over the place. And I don't blame any teacher who walks away. Totally. Yeah, I actually have. That is such a very common thing. And kids, like there's a lot of times when you're a fresh teacher and the only places you can get a job are in the inner city where it is way harder and like classroom management's harder you don't have the resources to like really educate these kids you're given larger class sizes because they don't have a place to put all the kids i oh my gosh sweet little fresh me i must have been like 21 or 22 was at um a high school close to us in the low income area you redacted all the information. I answered some of them. But no, I was, so I'm at the school and oh my gosh, I told them all to get off their cell phones. And I, by the end of the class, I managed to have all of those kids doing math. It took me serpentining the whole way, answering questions. And I feel like I did an okay job, like teaching him stuff, but fuck, it took the life out of me. It was hilarious. <laughs> Insert Cartman as Bill Belichick saying, how do I reach these kids? How do I reach these kids? Uh, the Bill Belichick system. How to teach how them to cheat. Teach these kids. That's teach literally them to me. cheat. That's such a ridiculous... I, oh my God, I taught them Mr. how to program... Mr. <laughs> I taught them to program their uh, calculators. <laughs> Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I was like, so this is what everybody else is doing. I'm like, this is how you succeed in mathematics. I know it's fucked up, but hey. Yeah. Yeah. Very funny. <laughs> I'm like, this is how I got through my bachelor's in mathematics. <laughs> yeah. This is what the real world is built on now. Yeah. To, we've advanced as a society. Yeah. I'm like, uh, you know, the standards will catch up at some point, but this is sure. what you need no, to I do. I believe that kids need to learn like your basic... Addition, subtraction, division, multiplication, fractions, etc. Without being able to use a calculator. But honestly, past this, by the time you reach like middle school and later, just let them use the damn calculator because they're gonna always they're gonna be using something digitally to do this algebra and stuff anyway. Oh my! Help gosh. the cause. Yeah, down teach with them calculus. to use. Yeah, teach them to use the tools currently being used in society. Yeah, there is so much more to do and learn now. They are now capable. They don't need accountants. I haven't used an accountant. I mean, you should be able to plug things into formulas. Anyway, long live linear algebra, down with calculus. Yeah. All I gotta say. Yeah. As as someone who mostly just studied artsy bullshit, I didn't really get far (laughs) enough in math to have to deal with that. But I was actually always pretty good at mental math in terms of just like basic addition, subtraction and multiplication and stuff. Yeah. Like I was pretty good at just like looking at numbers on a page and being like, the answer is 17. That's a good skill. Yeah, I am because I, you know, studied math. Everyone looks at me for arithmetic, but I'm not great at it. It's my first guess is usually right. And I start overthinking it anyway. All right. Got to get off the math education topic. It's yep. easy to get distracted by the education topics. But I don't know if we're going to make it far off characters. Oh. We still have three more gems left. Oh, we're, that's true. We're, but we're, <laughs> we're cruising right along here. So we've gotten through yeah. five. We've gotten through four of the six mains now. Let's go over to Barbara Howard next. Let's go to Miss Howard. Because okay. she's my favorite of the teachers personally. She's great. I love Janine. I love Gregory. But Bar- Miss Howard is my favorite of the teachers. Um, I was always a sucker for the warm, kind old ladies. And she, like she's <laughs> she's the, she's stern and so warm at the same time. And she's just like 
the perfect mentor for uh, the fresh-faced teachers we have in Gregory Janine and another character who we will talk about in a minute named Jacob Hill. Uh, the three of them are all younger teachers, and while you can tell she is sick of always having to teach these young teachers how to deal with their classrooms, she steps up and teaches these kids how to deal with their classrooms because she knows she's got to do it for the kids. She loves it. She's so much, she's the best, and she knows that, oh my gosh, her classroom standing in a line in the hallway Yep, gets me every time. I'm just... Yeah, the other teacher's like, how do you do that? Like, practice. Yeah, That is how you fucking do that. Like, oop. Yup, 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 yup. Mm, I am looking for this quote right now. It's her favorite words. It's one of my favorite Barbara episodes. We have a parent coming in and maybe creating a distasteful environment for the kids. This is, like, really hard without giving anything away. No, it's fine. We could, we could talk about, like, individual stuff, episode plot stuff. points. They, like, that's not a thing that carries over. It's just, like, a, yeah. a plot they go through. Totally. We're, doing, we're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> we're killing it. Totally killing it. Um, Oh, my gosh. I just want to go so in because I love the resolution and everything. But, like, I'm watching it. Oh, my God. But she says, these are my favorite words. They are, like, Jesus. Wait, oh, I can't remember them. That's the only one I can get. I'm trying to find the full so, quote. It's so good. Look it up. Well, I'll pause it. Well, I'll insert and I'll cut some of this out. Look it up real quick. Okay. All right. You know what I'm talking about? I remember vaguely, <laughs> but I don't remember the quote verbatim. So, yes, I want to hear it. It's so good. Ooh, the egg drop episode is so good. That one. Egg drop is a top, top tier episode for me as well. Yeah, I when... loved egg drop. That was great. I When. Miss Teagues is like trying to reach uh, Gregory's hand. I'm like, that is exemplary of why the relationship's awesome. And she's like, fine. <laughs> super tall people with super short people are adorable. It's so cute. Super Unless it's cute. like too dramatic, then it's like, ooh. It is. It can. It's, it is funny. So years ago, there was this basketball player named uh, Mitch McGarry that played at University of Michigan for a couple seasons, then played in the NBA for a couple years, but never made it that big in the NBA. Uh, he came into my bar one time uh, that I was working at through college and stuff, Sorry, and he was with quotes. he was with his girlfriend at the time. He was a center on the Michigan team at six ten or six eleven, and his girlfriend he was with at tallest was five one, and that height disparity of almost two feet was indeed jarring. To your point, like they were like a he almost two full feet apart from each other. But hit me with your Barbara quote. I'm looking. Oh, I thought you found it. I'm sorry. I did not. No, I I've been back lost to you too in the soon. sauce. Lost in the sauce on the Barbara quote. Oh, here it is. Be aware. That was it. Here's Tamika's homework, Miss Howard. Thank you. Yeah, you have a good one. <laughs> Learn lots, boo. As a good Christian woman, I would never mock my body with such an obscenity. I don't even believe in saying that word out loud. Oh, my favorite B word, Barbara. Bible. Blessing. Blueberries. Nice. Yep. That's a great one. Um, So the, the character she's talking about in that moment is a person who has the word bitch tattooed across their chests um you know younger generation has different sensibilities than barbara howard's generation who is a jesus loving bible thumping but adorable elementary school teacher 
Um, and she's very offended by this the way this woman dresses, her tattoos, including vulgarities. She wears clothing that says, like, slut on it or something at one point as well. Yeah. Um, it's like a whole thing they go through. And so that's what that quote is referring to is the word bitch on this woman's chest. Yeah, I think her um, clothing line is actually called, like, sluts or something of that nature. <laughs> Yes, very funny. I believe you're correct. And the yeah. resolution to that is great. She oh. she learns a lesson. I won't give the details. She, <laughs> she learns a lesson. That other character learns a lesson. There's a great resolution. It, it's, it's great stuff. It's, it's clever writing. Oh. It's thematic. And it was fun. Touching back on her being like the teacher of the teachers, she's still got stuff to learn. It's a fucking hard job. It is. It's true. Oh, it's absolutely bananas. You pay for your teachers to get paid more. <laughs> Taxes. Amen. Pay them up. <laughs> Give the teachers the cheese. Yeah. Yay, education. Yay, education. Yeah. Oh, well. But yeah, she is just absolutely fantastic. She is. I don't like the expression salt of the earth, but that's what comes to mind first. Because salt, like, kills a bunch of stuff, too. It's not, like, as universally great as that expression would imply. But damn, there's she's a, good. There's a lot of flawed expressions out there. There really are. That's definitely one of them. You're correct. Yeah, you got to watch those proverbs. They can be goofy. Or idioms. Would that be an idiom? I think that would be an idiom. Yeah. Yes. I just learned about those while I was uh, being a special ed TA. Love that. Yeah, in um, library. Speaking of teachers gaining education themselves. (laughs) Oh, my God. I learned so much as a substitute. I am. Oh, my gosh. I got to stop talking about my personal life here. But I am the full-time Spanish teacher, which is hilarious. I don't speak Spanish. I have a bunch of kids that do. Which is awesome. I love them so much. They are so helpful and absolutely amazing. It's so great. Oh, God, why do I have to like the dirty little vermin so much? But <laughs> that was so such gross. a lovely tangent. I love that whole thing. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, my God. They're awful. But they're so great. Oh, yeah. I just want the best for them. It's hard. Yeah. But, oh, my gosh. The beginning, the first couple weeks, all I got is like, oh, why are you teaching Spanish if you don't know Spanish? Compelling on the best you got. Yeah. Called- right, because the alternatives were grim. <laughs> yeah, it's called staffing shortages, baby. <laughs> yeah, you'll learn as you get older why I'm teaching Spanish and don't know how to speak it. Yeah, I prefer older kids, too, just because it's, like, more my comfort zone and they aren't so wet and aren't always trying to touch you. So, God... It's like, aren't so wet and aren't always trying to touch you. Why do they do that? It's like, I like being the first person to deny kids affection. That's always funny when they try to climb on me. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm working. Yeah. Get off me. I don't even know you. Get off me, kid. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, they need so much help. This kid came up to me and wanted me to blow their nose. I was like, hell no. I'm like, I can call the nurse if you want, but. You little germ factory, you need to hold a tissue and blow into it. You'll be okay. Yeah, you'll be fine. Too much. Germ factories. Fun fact, they uh, they figured it out. Thought a bit Good learned. for them. Yep. Happy for that child. I do tie their shoes for them when they need it, though. That's one thing I always want to not make them do, but it's so embarrassing if you don't know how. That's true. Yeah, you got to help with that one for sure. I try to got to help coach them up on that one. I do try to prevent trauma. I'm well, right. Yeah, kids are clumsy, too. You can't have them tripping. Then, uh, then you got to deal with taking them to the nurse, and then that's the mm, whole thing. So embarrassing. When I was in first grade, my uh, teacher scolded me for walking in the hallway with, untri- with untied gym shoes. Traumatized me. Traumatizing. It for really sure. yeah. did. Unnecessary trauma, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I yelled at kids for my first like uh, few semesters of subbing for uh, having untied shoes, and it took me a while to realize, like, oh, no, that actually is not a big deal. Yeah. That's a fine thing. Yeah, just help them tie their shoes. It's fine. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. Should we get on to our uh, male characters other than Mr. Gregory? Yeah, so the, we've got two more main characters as far as... So I, I consider there's this, the core group is seven. These, this is the sixth teacher we'll be talking about in a second. Mm. Well, fifth teacher, Ava, and then the seventh character that we'll talk about afterwards. That's what I consider the core seven to be. But totally. the last teacher of the bunch is Mr. Jacob Hill, who is a very, quote, woke white character, <laughs> uh, hilariously woke to a point of uh, con- like very regularly quoting black poets and things and like funny little <laughs> like things like that. Um, you can tell is trying so hard to be politically correct about everything and use all of the um, what's, what's the what's a good way to describe this? Um, did we mention he is a gay white man in a pretty much entirely black school? It is yes, it's mostly an entirely black school. Um, politically he, correct to a flaw. He and Melissa, the other the hard ass teacher we told you about, are the only two white main characters on the show. In fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very new. Where Melissa's been at it, she's she's a vet teacher like Miss Howard. Where Jacob is a second year teacher along with Janine. Yes, and uh, they they became pals kind of reluctantly to re- <laughs> to Janine's reluctance. We'll say they totally trauma bonded, which is so real. I am going through it with a teacher at school right now too because we have like we're frequently. The only two working with, like, the kind of violent kids. Well, the other people, they're just much better at compartmentalizing than we are. So we're, like, all the time, like, help me. (laughs) (laughs) Please help. Also, there are so many moms in the school, and I always want to ask for a mom hug. There's one substitute, and her she has oh, too much personal information. I can't help it. We're talking about Abbott Elementary here. She's got a tick, um, a little like pin that says "Free Mom Hugs," and I'm like, I think about asking her for one sometimes. Cause man, it gets hard in there. Take one of those mom hugs someday. She is very off-putting. Oh no, that, no. that changed it for me. Nope. In a hurry. <laughs> the pin made me feel like she'd be the opposite of that. I, I like, know. I want to hug that person. But yeah. Oh, that's a shame. And she's shorter than me, so I feel like a mom hug, you kind of got to get a little shoulder rest action or, like, some availability of. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that, you and I have different perspectives on that. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah, you're me, a big I, guy. I, I'm, I'm a six-foot, 270-pound <laughs> male, so I'm, I'm used to people kind of absorbing into my chest and shoulders when I hug them. Oh, that's nice. That's it sweet. It is nice, honestly. Yeah. I do like it, because you know me, I'm a tight squeezer on my hug. You so are. I, you're... I, I, I try my best to give a good full squeeze on the <laughs> hug when I give a hug. I'm not a good hugger. I have poor practice. I have a big bubble. But, uh, yeah. Some kids always ask me. They always go in for the hug, and they finally learn to ask first. That's good. Consent is important. I know. Te- teach these kids young. Consent is important. <laughs> what a world we live in now that, like, consent is on the forefront of <laughs> education. God, go figure. Oh, wow. wow. Having Talk someone's so permission to touch <laughs> yeah. them? Wow. Totally. Whoa. Yeah. Some of them finally caught on and i always i'm like D- do you need it then i'll then i'll bring it in it's always weird when they're like at boob height though. oh yeah that's gotta be awkward for yeah sure. especially with the fifth grade boys you're like are you doing this for a hug or are you just doing this to put your face somewhere <laughs> no i like uh i frequently you know oh, you just like shut it down no fifth grade boys never ask me for hugs but i've seen women getting motorboated <laughs> it's hilarious i'm like ah, i don't know if that's a comfort hug <laughs> It's not. I'm pretty sure that they're glaring at each other, like across your boobs, like uh, thumbs up behind the back. 
<laughs> so funny. It gets me every fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Kids are cool. They're so funny. It's such a funny age. <clears throat> I actually prefer middle school. Goofy enough. That's wild to me because I think of middle <laughs> school as like, that's actually the only era of my personal education that I look back as somewhat hellish. Like oh, I, had, yeah. I had a fine time in elementary overall and I had a great high school career because I just steered into my weirdness and Oof. by then I was like in the theater and choir and I was just like, I just don't care if people think I'm weird. I'll just double down on it. <laughs> so I had a blast in high school because I just didn't give a shit anymore. Oh, but middle okay. school me that still had like... All the nervousness that middle school children have did not have very much fun in middle school. Yeah, I hear that. It was all pretty miserable for me. I was like a pretty weird horse girl. So I always kind of smelled like poop and also was like, oh, horses all the time. You know, those kids in school that were like drawing horses and like talking about horses and like wearing muddy boots. Yeah, that was totally me. So it was all pretty miserable, but they're just like such a sweet age. It's like. But you had your horses. That sounds nice. Oh, my God. It was the best. <laughs> I yes. miss it so much sometimes. Yes. Only sometimes. The, the hitting your head and back pain's not fun. But Yeah, that part seems less and, fun for and sure. And knee pain and shoulder pain and ankle pain. And, yell- and horse people are fucking whack. Yeah. Don't recommend it, but... Yep. But she had fun being one while she was. <laughs> Only while I was there. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I, yeah. I can totally see that both being a really enjoyable youth and one that you look back and laugh at as an adult. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, so many hours spent. I'm like, I'm never going to use these skills. <laughs> I used to walk around my high school barefoot for like, there was like a four month stretch where I just like walked around my high school barefoot. Damn. No one said anything to me. It was the, even fucking weirder. That is weird. It was like I my like... junior or senior year of high school and I would just like kick off my slippers or flip flops that I wore to school in, in the drama room during like second hour of the day and I would just walk around the school barefoot the rest of the day. I would and not. fucking nobody said anything to me. I would not have been having it. No way, dude. Yeah, it was so weird. I was like, I can't believe it. Because part of me just wanted to see if teachers would like say something. I wore a fedora with buttons all over it. Cute. I was shoeless. Yep. I had this sweatshirt that said world's greatest dad that I wore pretty regularly. <laughs> so did Brian. Well, not like a sweatshirt, but he had world's greatest dad paraphernalia. What? That's so weird. Man. <laughs> yeah, the- there's the Our mug. youths have some weird similarities, he and I. Yeah, totally. Next time I, we have coffee together, I'll make sure to give you World's Greatest Dad Cup. Fuck yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, neither of us are fathers. I actually did have a, a school counselor come up to me one time and ask if everything was okay at home. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to just be like, yeah, I just bought this at a Salvation Army for $4 because it was comfy. Yeah. And I just like liked comfy clothing. So it was like, like enough for me. An interesting per- like paternal aspect to it, too. I just like love watching people go through their formative years and their little personalities start to develop. One thing I really like about middle school is they like still really require that kind of like nurturing aspect. They're still like that close. When they start having adult problems, it really weirds me out. I'm like... I did not, yeah, I didn't. Wasn't know. ready for this? Ah, uh, no, yeah, it was. Tell me, me about out. how you lost your toy in the playground. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate that shit. No, when they forget their shit, I'm like, sorry, that sucks. Probably come back on Monday then. Ask your parents to drive you out. I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I've been working all day. I'm not running out to the playground for you. Fuck no. <laughs> no there's a limit to my benevolence. <laughs> That's but, true. Yeah. But they, I really like when kids start forming their own ideas. Oh, we are so off topic. <laughs> oh, it's fine. We get there. It's fine. That's a, after the <laughs> yeah. laugh track is 
is a roaming show. <laughs> yeah, it's Abbott Elementary I'm talking about when they uh, are, you know, becoming full-fledged yeah. humans. Oh, they actually have a middle school upstairs. That is they do. what? Yeah, it's, All a, right. it's an elementary slash middle school. Coming back to Mr. Jacob Hill. He works in the middle school yes. upstairs. Yes, perfect he has reference. Some, he, has some, <laughs> he has some pretty outstanding moments with like 11 to 13-year-olds as well. Like he, he definitely seems like the type of teacher I would have liked to make fun of in middle school, but would have been very glad I had at the same time. Yeah. And that's very much what his character is. He's a punching bag. He's He, to a scale, is the Jerry from Parks and Rec or like yeah. the Kevin Malone from The Office. He's the guy that people can kind of laugh at, but in a very different way from those two characters. But also young and handsome. I feel like and he just laid out the... uh, and you, you find out he's gay a handful of episodes into this run. Not very far in, so that's oh. not much of a spoiler. I feel like I always knew. That's fair. No, yeah, I, some but... people have fantastic gaydar. Um, his boyfriend is crazy adorable as well. Oh Their God. relationship is very sweet. So cute. I love it. Oh. Um, and yeah, you get some really great moments. Uh, his boyfriend's only in about five episodes or so. That's uh, a, four yeah. or five. But out of a two-season show thus far, it was season one was 13 episodes because it was a December premiere. And season two thus far is at like 12 episodes. But we'll probably finish over 20 since it was a regular fall premiere on a network. So it'll probably be like 20 to 22 episodes mm. in total this season that we're in right now. I found that out over New Year's. I thought that, you know, season finale had happened, as I already said. And whoo, I am so relieved because oh. it makes my Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, we were hanging out on New Year's and you said to me, God, I can't believe having elementary season's over already. And I was like, no, it comes back in like three weeks. You're fine. It's coming right around the bend. And you were so excited. I was very happy that i got to bring you that good news oh my god the best news it's just like oh, i look forward to it so much i'm like just keep it going all school year please do it for me all <laughs> year <coughs> Ooh. but yeah it's a great <laughs> show uh mr hill he's an english teacher yes like, it seems to be like an english teacher and he, there, there's an episode about podcasting, which I won't give deeper <sighs> details on, that's funny, that I do eventually intend to clip some things from the podcasting episode for our podcast, because it just, you know, fits and it's funny. Uh, they talk about how dumb some podcasts are, and, you know, Oh, funny. yeah. Oh, that's perfect. I didn't even make the connection to, like, yeah. what we're doing right now without we were just talking about yeah. what a great episode that is. <laughs> yeah, just forgot the microphone and headphones were involved at all. Just <laughs> totally. lost in the show. Uh, I am lost in the sauce. That's I the magic love of Abbott. This, I love the show. And then this show has a, a character trope that I really enjoy, which is... A goofball odd janitor. Oh my god, Mr. I love it. Mr. Johnson, he's it, great. It is a trope. Oh, it's a total my gosh. trope, but it's a great trope. It works. He's a he's a great character. It's awesome. He is. He, he's a he's amazing. an elder black man who's the school janitor. Uh, makes some allusions to different things he's done in his past that yeah. seem very adventurous and wild and out there. And uh, yeah, he just does his part for the school, and he's around and does funny bits, and it's good. He's he's good comedic relief. He really is. He's had numerous careers. Oh my gosh! Every once in a while, he will fill in for a missing teacher, and it really just happens in one. But that was really funny, though. It is so funny, and it is such a real thing. We're really working on a skeleton crew right now, so it is just like. All hands on deck. It is all hands on deck. It is hilarious sometimes. Like, whoa. It kind of reminds me when I like first started. I was like, hi, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I heard I qualify because I have enough credit hours. <laughs> By the way, we need you. 
<laughs> yeah, they, they, they'll, they'll take you. Yep, if you want to substitute teach, it's kind of a bitching job, but only kind of, and sometimes. And so, sometimes <laughs> seems like the most important caveat there of all of them. Yeah, I would recommend middle school or high school because you aren't stuck with the same kids all day because, man, sometimes you'll find one that'll shit on your day. <laughs> That's a good point, actually, about middle and high school where yeah. you get to rotate out different classrooms all day. It's not just one group for seven hours at a time. Yeah. Totally. Great point. I had never <laughs> thought you. about it from that angle, but that does make a world of sense to me for oh, sure. Yeah, I think that's one of the first things that drew me in. Oh my gosh, fun little snippet. When I was younger and would, I haven't worked in a high school in forever, so I credit this kind of to that. But oh my God, when I was younger, I'd get asked out all the time by like, you know, high school students. And I haven't been in a high school in a few years, but they asked me out less and less every time. And I am looking forward to and also dreading the day that I don't get sexually harassed by high schoolers. That's a double-edged sword for sure. Yeah. No, it's also clipping that quote for sure. Yeah. That's a great clip for me right there. That's going to serve my purposes very well in the marketing of this show. Looking forward to reusing just that short little snippet. Yeah. That was uh, good Yeah. No, it's, it's great. It's gold. But I can see that. You know, it's like, yeah, you don't you don't want to be hit on by high schoolers in the terms of like yes, because you don't want to do things with a high schooler, of course, because you're a normal adult, 21, not a pedo. Yeah. But at the same time, it does always feed the ego when someone yeah. hits on you. Like, oh, now when I was twenty one, when I was twenty one, and like my little brother was like eighteen. You know, I like had new people and were friends with people that age, and I was like. So they're paying me a hundred bucks. Like I'm here, but like, this is super fucking weird. Please stop. You're making me so uncomfortable. And now it's like, oh, stop. Oh, stop. Keep going, but stop. (laughs) Don't keep going. It's fucking horrid. Yeah, no, don't actually keep going. Please stop. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, uh, I'd be like, oh, you know, like if you, oh, I had like a class where we were all just like sitting around together and it was it was supposed to be like a movie class or something like that but they just sent us to like the computer room and they were just like i was just entertaining them like watching them for an hour and i was like yeah you guys should like work on math i'm like really you know i got you i can teach you math right now and like because everyone was behind because you know that's the nature of mathematics why everyone hates it makes you feel like shit yeah (laughs) yeah yep that's that's what math is for i guess uh i'm very against that math education you guys need to step it up math education studiers Anyway, step it up. I know. I'm like not even gonna pretend like I did. Wish I didn't say that. <laughs> no regrets. Oh yeah, but then he's like, yeah, you know, like yeah, let's yeah, totally tutor me. Yeah, uh. and I was like, okay, cool, get your stuff. I just could. Oh, I'm out of my house. I'm like fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> Kids are dicks. <laughs> Kids are dicks. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Hill doesn't give a fuck. He's a sweet guy. Mr. Johnson. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, my God. We're well, on Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson's the bomb diggity. I Mr. love Johnson him. Is the bomb. Mr. Hill's a sweet guy. Mr. Johnson's the bomb diggity. I would spend so much time with Mr. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> him and um, Gregory get a really nice relationship going, which is great, where he's, like, following him around, just looking for advice when he figures out that he's lived so many lives and that he's, like, not, I don't know, school janitors. I'm always great, you know? It seems like a crap job, but, like, we get some... We get a lot of turnover, and then we get a real gem in that stays till the end of the year and always has everything refilled and is nice to the kids. <laughs> Isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah, totally. The janitors are great. Hell yeah. You know, it's uh, it's important work. Got to keep a clean environment for the kids, man. Yeah. Got to. It's, oh, my God. Especially it's overlooked since COVID. important work. Yeah, since COVID, the cups, the cups are crazy. There's no drinking fountains anymore. Oh, yeah, that makes all kinds of sense. Yeah, sure. so. Uh, yeah, because kids are fucking... 
germ tanks. Yeah. Oh just my god. Vessels of germs. I get sick so much. I think that's yeah. The one flaw with the show is nobody gets sick. The only time someone misses an episode is because of food poisoning. Yeah. Misses a school day. Yeah. She, she, she does. She misses one. Uh, Miss Teague's in an episode. Misses one day of school. We won't get. We won't give spoilers of how the school handles her absence. Oh my god. It's but, so funny. But uh, it's funny for all characters involved who have to cover for her that day. Oh yeah. It also gives me very much. Uh, I get a lot of. Leslie with the flu vibes from Parks and Rec from that episode because <laughs> she's like video calling in a few different times throughout the day to check on her class and be overbearing and make sure that her lesson plan is being followed and all that stuff <sighs> like Leslie would. And it's just it's just really funny stuff. <laughs> her on cold medicine is just adorable and funny. Oh, my. She's like, yeah, I took some Pepto-Bismol. So I can't remember anything else. The runny bottom stuff's always with sticks in my mind. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's very funny stuff. Yeah. And she suffers through a day of food poisoning, and the school has to make up for not having her around. A very stretched thin school, as mentioned here. It is, yeah, stretched thin, and then there's also a substitute there that is just... Already subbing another class that day, so yeah, can't even sub. totally, and she is just having a totally different thing than Miss Teague's, and they think they like it, and then... Good old Mr. Hill the whole time is like, oh, but we miss her and standing up for her and then always standing up. Oh God, did I give too much away? He's no, just the best. He stands up for best. everyone. He, he cares so much he about cares everyone. Deeply about everyone. Has a couple great moments of like being performatively woke that he kind of gets put in his place, and I think that's kind of a cool thing that this show does well. Also, where yeah. like he'll be doing some of the things that performative white people do sometimes in our society that aren't really actually helping anybody but make yourself look like you care deeply about a topic. Yeah. It's kind of putting themselves putting oneself ahead of the movement they're claiming to be about. Mm-hmm. And uh, those performative moments by this white character get put in place well and he learns from them and it's a that's a cool thing that happens in this show every now and then as well with that character. Yeah. Each of these characters have their own shortcomings that they occasionally get to overcome. And learn from and rise above. And totally. I love television that does storytelling in that way. I do too. And he has a really tough skin. Like there's a lot of times people will say something, which we all have done when you're like in a workplace or really anywhere. And you say something and you immediately gasp and cover your mouth. And you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And he's just like, you know, he brushes it off pretty quick and pretty easy. There's a lot of like heavy conversations that are allowed to happen through him that stay lighthearted because the character is so tough. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they use him as a vessel for a lot of pretty interesting um, discussion of the modern racial society. Agreed. But that's, <laughs> the, that's the core main characters, the seven. So rather than talking about every episode, we, we kind of met, we, when we plotted out what we were going to do today, we kind of talked about doing that, potentially walking through season one. And I think rather than do that, let's just kind of glance at the episode list and just pick, like, a, th- a couple things we really love throughout the season as we're kind of glancing along. Yeah. There's only 13 episodes, too. So I'm hoping after people hear this, they'll go home and crush it because... Yeah. There's oh, a grand total of, like, 24 episodes out right now and from the entirety of season one and halfway through season two right now. It's a great time to jump in. Yeah. Great time to jump in. Ooh. It just won a bunch of awards. Ooh. So they're they're already renewed for season three. So luckily we don't have to worry about a cancellation. Oh. We're safe. They're, uh, <laughs> they're getting to season three confirmed already. So great news oh, for is. Abbott fans out there. 
Because, you know, it's a it's a volatile TV market these days. A lot of shows on the chopping block every year. So there's always some concern when you're getting attached to a new show of will it get canceled? I am so relieved to hear there's going to be a season three. That's huge. I'm also seeing the new episode is called The Fundraiser. I can't wait to see what that's like. I like... Scene. I want to know what the fundraiser is all about for sure. I wonder if it's gonna. There's a there's a plot that's been developing through season two that this would probably be a good time for a continuation on. Um, it's not the will they won't they. It's the uh, school the politics the school politics. Oh. I'll put it. That's a vague way to describe it. Well, yeah, I, that seems like something that's likely to come up in this episode. I would. Bet. I agree. I didn't think about that, but totally. All right. Oh, okay. We've actually, I feel like, touched on a lot of these. I don't know if we did them before or after we were plugged in, but yeah, I, I'm, oh, oh, I'm looking at season two. Okay, what a relief. So I'm like, oh, I want to talk about these and tell everyone everything that's going to happen. <laughs> so back in season one, I'll give a shout out. So the, the pilot's a pretty generic sitcom pilot overall. Here's a bunch of new characters you got to meet. Here's some funny situations that go through that, so you can get to the, know them a little better. Mostly Janine-centric. You kind of meet the rest of the crew to a little bit. Episode 2 is when I knew I was hooked, which is very early for me compared to some sitcoms. Some sitcoms take me a little longer to get fully hooked in. Episode 2, entitled Lightbulb, I was hooked. From then on, I was like, oh, this is going to be my show. I'm into this. Um, Without giving spoilers, Janine, there's a hallway that has a flickering lightbulb problem consistently that she takes upon herself to fix because Mr. Johnson claims to be too busy to handle it. (laughs) And as a result, she accidentally fucks up the power, the breaker of the entire school and the whole school loses power and chaos ensues with hundreds of elementary and middle school age children in a building with no power in an underfunded school to boot. And it's great. And it's wonderful. And you get to see everyone mad at Janine. You get to see her problem-solving abilities on display. You get to see her heart and grit through it that she's still focused on the problem, even with everybody mad at her. From then on, I knew I was fully into the show. Fully invested by episode two. Couldn't agree more. It is, yeah, I mean, the first one, you, like, get to know the characters. As soon as I saw the, like, chemistry between Miss Teagues and uh, Mr. Gregory, she calls him in one episode, and now I do, too. Um, I, I was hooked. I was hooked pretty much immediately. But, <laughs> but yeah, I feel the take to the second episode if it isn't, like, so near and dear to the heart. And it is... I still think about that sometimes. She has a sphere of heights, too, which is then, like, relayed through the show, and it's just, like... So cute and sweet. It's perfect. Yeah, I love those teachers. I feel like that's how you gotta be. And it's hard to keep that going. I hope she does. I think she will. She's relentless. She is indeed relentless. Like I said, the Leslie Note vibes from her are strong for me. They really are. Like In a, in a lot of different ways. It's far from a one-for-one. One. They're very different people, of course. But in terms of the tenacity, perseverance, loving capacity, those types uh desire to service the community in all those ways i get so much leslie note from her totally she does get seem to get like a leslie notes kind of a like caricature almost where she's just like never beaten down except for when she gets um up repealed no is that the word um Rip- God, why? I also can't think of the word. Right? right? She Not gets revoked. kicked out of office. She gets kicked out of office. She gets, And then that's the first time you Recalled. Really, Recalled! <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time you really see her defeated. And maybe the only time. Yeah, and that's for like one episode. And yeah, you know, for one episode. And then she bounces right back. Oh, what a nice team. But yeah, I mean, you definitely see her 
Miss Teagues get like just a little beaten down, just a little bit like, uh, but then the teachers get behind her. At first they're fighting her and then they're like, see, this is why you don't do that. But teachers are great. I'm looking forward to like working. I mean, I work with teachers now and I'm like happy that they're going to be a part of my future career. I love that. Because they're great. They're great. You know, they'll, they'll tell you not to do something. And then when you do something and make a mistake, they're like, well, learning from mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Life's all about that. Oy vey. Oy vey. <laughs> And uh, just looking through the season one list here, I'm imagining quite a few of these early episodes relate, felt relatable for you. So I'll just give super quick. So one's called Wish List. It's a bunch of teachers compiling basic wish lists of neat things they need for their classroom for their students and putting them out online. And then basically someone try someone does this in a way that a bunch of people start bringing stuff in a very pitying way and doing like the jackass thing that people do in society where they're taking selfies and videos of themselves donating and talking about how poor these kids are right in front of the kids Social and making media. them feel shitty about themselves and like donating to make themselves feel good, not for the good of the children. And it highlights that really well. Uh, one episode is called new tech where there's a new computer program that, the school wants to automate to teach children to read like all these things feel like they're probably very relatable for real life teachers in terms of like things that probably happen in your day-to-day life yep that is totally a thing Uh, student transfer gifted program art teacher oh i love gifted program that is a perfect melissa shimetti episode that was like and the metaphor is just fantastic i can't say anything without giving it away please watch it <laughs> that's right watch that indeed yeah. yeah all these episode titles kind of imply at least one part of the plot of the episode and they're all very commonplace teacher problems and the way that the show addresses all of these is so good so good <laughs> and it's a good because like we're describing we keep describing this show as heartfelt and and all these things it's an outright funny comedy as well. Let's be very clear about that, folks. Like, it's not just, like, the heartwarming aspects. It's clever. It's funny. It's silly. Uh, they don't use the... They don't overuse the kids, but the kids get some funny shit in there as well. They do. Yeah, they do a good job with the kids. I know there's, like, a lot of laws around having child actors, so they manage to, as like... well, there should be. It's absolutely. It's children in the workforce. What? You like, mean kids shouldn't work 15-hour days? You mean... Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it's a good thing. I learned that from Nathan for you about the child actor loss and stuff. But, yeah, it, they do a really good job, I think, giving kids appropriate screen time. And they don't seem to be there for, like, the really... Well, there isn't really that much... It's just, like, lighthearted. It's, no, it's, well, all this, it's like, more about shit. the teacher. So a lot of the time is spent, like, in the break room or... After school hours when the kids have left and they're doing paperwork and things like that. So, like, there's a lot of reasons. They, they do a lot of ways of the kids not being around. But, you know, there's a decent amount of time with the kids around as well because it is about the school day after all. Yeah. To a strong extent. My sometimes. Favorite. Sometimes it gets a little. Okay, maybe That's just true. one time. Oh, one you know time, what I'm talking about. One time they left. Everyone watch it so I can talk Everyone about watched, it. She could talk about it. We'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk about it soon. We'll have a spoiler filled episode about this soon. I just, wanted one, I just wanted one chance to have an Abbott episode where we convince the people to watch that haven't. Yes. And then in like a month, we can talk about all the things that we want to talk about Dude. and be like, well, if you didn't watch, it's your fault at it's, that point. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because if you don't watch, it's your fault, audience. <laughs> we love you, but it's your fault. Yeah, it shouldn't be dropping blame, the ball. Blame and yourselves. The show. Uh, oh, just I gotta stop even looking at this, like title, you know, at the episode titles. 
my my favorite episode of the season is episode eleven called Desking. Oh, it's, it's so dude. Funny. It's so funny how behind we are. Like, I don't know how they figure this shit out so quick, but it's so real. This has to do with a TikTok sort of, I don't know, some, I don't, I don't a know. A social media trend of some kind. Yes. Where the kid, this, well. It's like planking, but on desks, basically. Yeah, tune in fun, because I don't want to. Yeah, well, we can say that part. That's the, ba- the basic <laughs> premise of the episode is that kids have gotten very into desking. Yes. And the teachers want to prevent this because I wish of I could talk about the solution. Risk and things like that. <laughs> oh, the solution is so funny. It's so funny. It's, it's so, so perfect, good. and it's so real. Oh my gosh! I ah! yeah. This is a great episode in terms of them directly having to deal with the kids, and the the kids will be fucking kids. That one, and I think it's season two. I know we're trying That's to fine. stick we can and talk home. about okay. That. We can, um, we're being vague about things. We but. are, aren't we? We're being so good. Um, the Halloween episode. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What? Season two's got a phenomenal Halloween episode. Dude. Also some great costumes. Oh, my God. I know. I love that Melissa Schmetti is, like, hot at elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Killed good it. for Killed you. It, girl. Yeah. Totally. Everyone's What's Janine's costume again? I'm blanking on what it was. She's was a bad. basketball player. I don't know which one. She's got the cornrows. She's got the whole outfit. She's James Harden. She's got the big beard. Yeah, she's James Harden. Oh, she's Harden. got the big beard. Yeah, she's James Harden. That's right. It's so funny. <laughs> Dude, she's just absolutely amazing. I absolutely adore her. She is. Yeah, she's she's lightning rod speed moving up my list of favorite sitcom characters. I, like, just uh, climbing the list by the week. She's so good. She's so good. She's absolutely fantastic. And I'm like just now realizing like I haven't even really thought about like who these actors were. I watch it without like any consideration that there's acting. Like I don't know. I get really when I see bad acting it makes me want to laugh for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I relate to that. Yeah, and going back to how funny the show is, I'll like be at work and have like a really really hard day i will have like no support from the administration and i will be you know made to feel terrible for not want being more benevolent with my special education work and just you know kid will hit me just like an overall terrible day i come back and this show is like fresh and yeah i got a new episode to watch and within like Four minutes, I'm laughing out loud, like completely forgetting the woes of the day. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it, but so, it's all the, it's all the it good does. stuff. Uh, yep. Ava also, the principal Ava, <laughs> is also great because you can take the school out of it and just everyone's had a boss as bad as her. It's the same reason that Michael Scott works in the office. Everyone's had at least one boss that it's just like, why should I respect this person, let alone have to obey what they tell me to do? Yeah. And also, she's hella inappropriate. Oh my god. She's saying what everybody's thinking the whole time. Uh, you she know what is. I'm talking now, about. There's definitely some of that. I was referring to the way she sexually harasses a certain character on the Me show. Me too! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's... She is totes inappropriate with a certain character on the show. And and the it works so well comedically because it's just such a, a gender flip from the not like you're used to seeing men be chauvinist sexist assholes towards women and this is a female boss using her position of power against one of her male subordinates essentially. Yeah, well so I mean a power dynamic flip from what we traditionally see. Yeah. And it's wrong in either sorry. gender. But it is funny in this one. 
Absolutely. It is hilarious. And it's always like my brothers always joke about Ryan smacking me around, which and then they say how funny it would be if I smack him around. Well, because they always say like, oh, my God, I can't believe you guys have been together like two years and he hasn't started like beating you yet because I'm super annoying with my brothers. That's the forefront of that. My brothers don't want me to be like abused or anything. And obviously domestic violence isn't funny. Obviously. Obviously. No, I'm just kidding. Because it is very funny when women beat men and when women sexually harass men, isn't it? Maybe not. It is. Yeah. No, you know, it's it's wrong still in reality. We should definitely revoke that though because it's 2023 now. We'll just pretend like we don't actually think that. But that's where my conversation with my brothers always ends. <laughs> and uh, although after all that sexually harassing dicky business, I'm kind of thinking he deserves some smacks. That's an excellent point. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, HR yes. still won't de- disclose all the details to me. So I'm not sure we'll ever know the full truth because they've both oh. given versions of the story. And as far as I can tell, it seems like a very welcomed tryst by both parties. We might have some domestic. But again, uh, I'm, I haven't been made privy to squabbles. all the deets. Yeah, you know, yeah. a scorned lover seems to be afoot. Yeah, oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's on. Yeah, if you want more details about the Dickie and Ryan HR dispute, listen back to the uh, Is It Worth It episode about New Girl featuring Dickie and listen back to our Christmas special featuring Martha and Ryan and myself. Those two episodes, I think, paint most of the picture if you're curious about what went down with Ryan and Dickie. Scandal. <laughs> Scandal. Scandal. Speaking of domestic violence. <laughs> Speaking of domestic problems. It's like... I hope those two work it out. Uh, I know you're pretty invested in your relationship with Ryan, but I gotta be honest, I hope those two work it out. You know, I don't even know if Martha has a relationship with Ryan anymore. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> the alter ego oh, comes geez. out. I don't even think about it until the alter ego comes out. And then not that this is an alter ego. The other one's an alter ego. But anyway, anyway. Damn, I love it. Did I tell you about me going to Babs and becoming Martha? No. It was, <laughs> it was so funny. I, uh, like, uh, it was Jesse, Erica, Amin. Girl, Maya and her fiance. Oh, what's her fiance's name? I met her a couple of times. She's so sweet. Anyway, and I was like, okay, I want to play some pool. I like didn't really want to be out in the first place. I was having a bad day. I'm like, all right, I want to play some pool. There, there was a go. huge wait list, and they're like, don't even bother putting your name on. And I'm like, all right. So I start. So I become Martha and start chatting with the people at the above around the pool tables. Next thing you know, I'm like taking shots and like getting them in, and then. I, I let out my real name and I started missing shots, but still by the end of the night, I had my own pool table. Hell yeah. It was awesome. Martha took over. <laughs> it was amazing. Martha's the bomb. Martha is the bomb. I love know? Martha. Yeah. Martha doesn't give a fuck. You, you, you rock, Martha. <laughs> right? Martha's good at pool and, oh God, except for this domestic squabble. The domestic squabble. You know, time will heal all wounds, including the tryst between those two. We'll see. I don't know. It sounds like they might work it out. According to Derek here. Anyway, where were we? Where were we? The Gifted Program, one of my favorite episodes. Oh, great episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. I muted myself. Yeah, great episode. There we go. It's so good. No, it's uh, season one is 
mostly bangers for especially for a first season of a sitcom that is not common in my book there's a lot a lot of my favorite shows of all time the first season is about 50 50 in terms of episodes i really love to episodes i really don't and honestly this one pretty much all hits for me dude i'm like scrolling through season gifted program is great student uh, student transfers great uh conference student teacher conferences uh, what is that i think i'm thinking of something else oh the conference the conferences are always open funny. house that's open I'm house open dude house, that's what i'm thinking of those are a really funny thing Ooh, that one's fun yeah back end of the season Gets the uh ava's scandal comes to light and has to be dealt with Oh my Which God. is a funny resolution as well. I and just again, watched the I'll leave from the that. I'll leave the details blank on that. <laughs> but it's funny. It's just so many dead ends. I'm like, please watch the show. Yeah. yeah, we're just leaving a shitload of dead ends. I don't really know if this is good audio for people to listen to or not, <laughs> but I like to think it is. So we're gonna release it and find out. Luckily, like the dozen-ish people that listen per episode. Hopefully they'll let us know on Twitter and stuff. That after the laugh track, let us know if this was a waste of time or not. Yeah. Oh, I also wanted to ask the listeners. Um, if I'm going into being a public school teacher, I definitely need a side hustle. I've I have a math degree. I always want to make lots of money, and it's just not going to happen. Given my like, I don't want to call it a calling because it's corny as fuck. All teachers are corny as fuck though. There's nothing you can do about it. Um. Anyway. So if you have any ideas for my side hustle, please let me know. I was thinking about either selling drugs or stepping up my jewelry making. Probably both. The one definitely fuels the other pretty well. Yeah. And I, totally. <laughs> Be like, hey, uh, you know, you want some of this stuff? And I was like, here's some nice earrings. Yeah. Two for 50 <laughs> or two for 60. And I'll throw in this bracelet I made. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hilarious. That's <laughs> Great call. Love that. Just if anyone has any ideas, it's really on the at the Christmas party or holiday party for uh, my school. We were all sitting around the bar and I finally like I let them all know I'm like applying to get my teaching certificate. And they were all very excited. And I was like, well, I'm upset because I wanted to make six figures and I'm not going to now. Not <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> and uh, the best suggestion I heard was making foot fetish videos, except for. I grew up wearing like horse riding. My, 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 nobody wants to pay to see my feet unless Peggy's feet's kind of uh, real. So. Damn. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I too have looked into foot fetish stuff to see if there was a market for six foot males with size 13 feet to just show <laughs> off just their feet. If you shave on me, my feet are like, they're pretty feet. smooth like that. They're Ooh. actually like, I have pretty darn smooth feet for Baby a guy <laughs> overall. Well, I was like, I was hoping, no. you know, I'm like, you know, there's there's a whole market for men of my stature out there. Yeah, what I did you learn? Maybe the fe- couldn't really find, Nothing didn't for gain you. much ground. Yeah, seems like a lot of work, and I'm just like, I don't know, I don't like being videotaped. I just gotta like take <laughs> pictures of my feet and mail some people my socks occasionally. I don't know, it doesn't seem that bad. Yeah, it kind of. Yeah, I don't know. So, any ideas for side hustles? Let me know. Yeah, I just got a blowtorch to step up my jewelry making. So nice, there we go. A, a positive tool for the jewels. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, maybe I just get a good plug on drugs. Nice. <laughs> it's always important to plug for drugs. Dickie spent most of our last episode shilling for big tobacco. So you can you can shill for drugs if you want to. It's fine. There, there's no rules here. We don't really have sponsors to regulate against us shilling for drugs. So this is the, this is the perfect time to do it, honestly. And would we ever? I mean, come on. What kind of podcast are we if we don't promote drugs? I feel like a lot of my TV watching and my best 
sitcom appreciation is done while reefing. <laughs> Straight reefing. Mm. Anybody that listens to anything on good fun media knows I'm pro the reefer. Ooh. That has been well established across three shows <laughs> for sure. Stuff. Ooh, God, I hate how much THC there is, though, and no CBD. And I hate how they look at me like I'm insane when I walk into a dispensary. And... I'm like, I want something. I want a pre-roll because I, so I only go in when I forget my weed. I want a pre-roll high in CBD and low in THC. And they're like, what? Love a high CBD, low THC strain. Like, right. I want to get a little stone, but maybe I don't want to be baked out of my gourd. Dude. And I just want to relax a little. They make me feel old and crazy when I'm like, I don't yeah. want to get super high. I'm like, I get anxious. Kill me. Like, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, one of my favorite farmers, who I will leave nameless for the sake of their own anonymity here, uh, and very intentionally grows high CBD strains and grows <gasps> my favorite weed in the state of Michigan. He's a wonderful farmer, and I'm blessed that I get flour from him still because, man, it's just Dude, it's the best. Got to put us together. Yeah, I will. I remember I you link, telling me about him. I can link that for you for Hell sure. Yeah. yeah, we'll make <laughs> That's that what happen. I want. See, Great. And, you know, uh, linking up drug connections feels like as strong a time as any to wrap up the show. Do you have any uh, any, any closing thoughts on Abbott? Relatively spoiler-free. Maybe small spoilers if you think they'll hook the people into watching. Oh, my God. Please watch it. Because the spoiler or the enticing factor is that we could talk about it. You could send us any kind of commentary hey we only have about like you know a dozen or so listeners right it's true if you watch it and you love it come talk about it with us like Please. oh my god comment on the <laughs> comment on the podcast on apple yes hit us up on twitter give us, at after the laugh track i want to tell you everything i think about it yeah, it's been we, so hard we would love to get your thoughts if you have them we'll <laughs> share your thoughts in on our next abbott episode yes once we go spoiler filled abbott episode Oof. we'll share all your thoughts you got detail you got theories on when the will they won't they couple will hit it off Ugh. we want to know when you think it's going to go down because i i think i i've got a theory on when it goes down really we'll talk about it off mm, air here in a okay, bit, but I've, got, I've got i've got a theory uh about this very couple it's one of the better will they won't they couples on tv for me since uh <laughs> since ben wyatt and leslie nope i keep going back to parks references because it's hard not to it's hard not to think of Parks when I watch this show because they give me the same vibes. No, totally. And honestly, nothing except for Ted Lasso has done that for me since Parks. Well, and they're both kind of government workers. There yeah. actually are a lot of parallels that I haven't thought about before. A ton of parallels. Yeah. I haven't been able to make any predictions because I'm so fixated on watching them make out. I'm like, just do it already! Just do it just already! Do it. Oh my god, I want it so bad. Yeah. It usually makes me really uncomfortable when people, and it probably might make me a little uncomfortable. But no, I want them to make out so bad. She wants it to happen. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, speaking of wanting things to happen, we want you to click like, follow, and subscribe and five stars. Come back and listen to more after the laugh track. Whoop. Listen to old episodes if you haven't checked out some of the other stuff we've been doing. There's episodes ranging from a draft of fictional sitcom characters to build our own new sitcom universe with. <laughs> there is a holiday special for Thanksgiving. There's a holiday special for Christmas slash Hanukkah slash Kwanzaa. There, we didn't get into Kwanzaa much, to be honest. I'm sorry. I, I no. really wanted to be inclusive with that statement. No, but Kwanzaa's hush hush. I like people celebrate it here, and it has roots in Africa. And I just got in like a fight with my stepsister about that. She said like, "No, it's not a real holiday." We made love, blah 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 blah. Yeah, no, it's super real. Yeah, no, working. I, I'm working at like one of the. I, I don't I don't want to ostracize anyone or be pooed, but I work in one of the low income areas, and there's a lot of kids of color, and they celebrate Kwanzaa, and it's fucking. 
dope. And That's it's a cool. it's a quiet thing that people don't talk about, which sure. I think is crazy. I agree. It's it makes crazy. me sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. We, we love to put a spotlight on culture around here and the celebration of culture because we think that's a beautiful thing here at After the Laugh Track. Uh, also, check out the other weird, fun shit we're doing here at Good Fun Media. Every Wednesday, we're dropping morons in the multiverse, cutting it up about Marvel movies and the MCU uh, and all the weird nonsense that goes into that. Every Friday, D2B2 Sports, dropping sports gambling takes, weird comedy, rants about Swedish people. You never know what you're going to get over there. Uh, <laughs> we really like Swedes for some reason over there. We're just about it, about it. I think it's our love for the Swedish chef primarily, in fact, honestly. Which, you know, not a real Swede, but we love him anyway, and we love the real Swedes as well. And, of course, us, After Laugh Track, every Thursday. Drop in sitcom fandomonium. Let us know what shows you want to hear us discuss in the comments and on Twitter and stuff if we haven't covered your favorite show yet. And it's a show we like. We want to talk about it. So, you know, let us know what we can talk about next. We've got more stuff on the horizon. Um, a Parks and Rec episode coming out soon. A Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode coming out soon. We're going to keep hitting these shows one by one from different angles. We're going to keep doing big ranking things across all of sitcom history. Uh, I'd even like to kind of explore generations of sitcoms. Martha and I were talking while we were getting set up, in fact, about some of the major differences between your, like, 90s sitcoms with the laugh tracks and crowds and kind of how the sitcom world has shifted from scrubs in the office that came along and did multi-camera and did no laugh tracks and that kind of really evolved the way sitcoms are portrayed in this era which was the uh, the initial uh meaning of after the laugh track as a name was in fact about this era post the laugh track of sitcoms but i want to talk about that era as well the laugh track era i want to talk about the older shows that led way to these shows because i think it's all important along the journey and i want to hit on all of it sitcoms are awesome <laughs> sitcoms are so awesome yeah i was uh the conversation arose because per usual i was trying to get star trek and other things <laughs> anything that came out after laugh track included just so i could talk about star trek more and more but no i i want to find another trekkie to link you up with to just like start a Star Trek pod on Good Fun Media for me because I sadly am not Trek averse enough to really talk Trek proper with you. I'd like to be deeper, but I just I'm not currently. But if we can find another Trekkie to link you up with, I'll edit it for you. You guys just got to cut it up and talk about Trek every week. We'll add it. We'll add it to the Good Fun Media slate. We'll get you rolling. There we go. I uh, I'll let my family know. We just started a Martha and the Trekkies. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> awesome. All right. Oh, yeah. Any last Abbott thoughts other than just watch it, people? No, that's literally all I can do. Everyone needs to watch it. You will love it. It's fucking fantastic. Unless you work in education and it's too close to home, which I guess I kind of understand. But I'm really good at not... I don't know. You can laugh or cry, and it really makes you laugh. You're not going <gasps> to... No, that was a different show that made me cry. All right, yeah, no. Oh, wait, no, it was it was a different show. It's amazing. Fucking watch it. It's fucking amazing. Get in on it. We're a little over halfway through season two right now, so it's a great time to join. You're going to have a solid, they're going to run till late April or so with new episodes weekly. Well, most weeks, you know, they'll be the off weeks because it's television sitcoms, so that's how they roll. But thank you so much. Keep it classy, you sexy motherfuckers out there in the <laughs> internet world. We appreciate you listening. So Click much. back soon. Adios, amigos.
Kids are dicks. <laughs> Kids are dicks. <laughs> Canado. Canado. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. Where the kids are hers and hers and, and his three's, three's company, company too. Looking forward to and also dreading the day that I don't get sexually harassed by high schoolers. Touching butts. Touching butts and touching stuffs. Should have seen how Dickie was dressed. But I'm here to have a bunch of meat eaten off of my boobs. <laughs> that ass won't quit. One of the fathers made a pass at him, which it happens. And would you pass up that education for a little touch touch? Child abduction. Wendy Testballsers. Martha's team will never be short on dick because they've <laughs> right. got gin. Your fart is accenting it nicely. Yeah. And eating digs. Hot diggity dongs. When I embarrass him, all four cheeks get red. My horn can pierce the sky. Murder! Climb aboard the murder train! Come on, trust in you! Sleep it in. Pay for your teachers to get paid more. <laughs> Taxes. Amen. Pay them up. <laughs> Give the teachers the cheese. Yeah. Yay, education.